0: Sharing personal stories, practical help, and timeless principles to help you live at your best. So lean in and let's Tackle Life together.
1: Hey guys, welcome back and happy new year.
0: Yes, happy new year, everybody.
1: So today we are just going to like just dive right in. It's a new year and we want to share a few foundational principles that we think will really just help you set the course for the rest of your year. For many, January is the foundation that December successes are built on. And I think that most of us would agree that if we want to have a successful 2023, then we need to have like a plan.
0: I like (laughs) it. (laughs) January,
1: Yeah. January is usually the month most of us take some time to plan out some of the things that we want to accomplish within the year. So for all of you listening today, do you already know what you're going to work on this year? And do you know what you need to do each day to reach your goals?
0: I like it. And you know, Lauren, I really love that you said January is the foundation December successes are built on. So when we're thinking about these kind of things, I think it's really important that we define what success means to each of us. You know, just this past weekend, I got in this conversation with my son, Aaron, and he was talking about his desire to be really successful. And let me tell you, he was talking about being really wealthy. Oh, yeah. And I just like, just real quick, responded back to him. And I was like, son, you know, I think your dad is one of the most successful people I know. He's full of integrity He's a man of his word. He loves Jesus. He loves me and takes like such great care of me. He's a great father. He loves family. He genuinely cares about people. He's generous. And (laughs) I could feel myself. I was just like getting started, right? But I kind of like stopped myself. And I just looked at him just with, you know, love and seriousness, just praying that like what I was saying was like penetrating his heart. And I was like, your dad is one of the most successful men I know. So I really think you need to reconsider your definition of success, buddy.
1: (laughs) What did he say? Did he say he agreed?
0: He really didn't have a lot to say after that.
1: (laughs) You know, I do think that sometimes we do say that being successful is being wealthy. I'm actually starting a training um, course next week. It's a five-week training, and it's all about how to be a real success. And in the training, it actually defines success as like three different things. It says that success is knowing your purpose in life. It's growing to your maximum potential. And you're going to like this one, Debs. It says, um, success is sowing seeds that benefit others.
0: Oh, I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with you. I mean, the world's definition of success definitely centers around, I think, personal power and amassing, you know, financial riches. But from a kingdom perspective, which obviously John Maxwell teaches out of, what we see is that a wise person, is going to define success in light of you know, God's plan for their life. They know that living in a manner that honors God is really the path to true success. You know, Jesus at one point asked his disciples a really pointed question one day. He said, you know, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? And if you actually go and read about that in the parables, you're going to find that um, not in parables, in the gospels, um, the question that he asked them was actually in context to him telling the disciples that if anyone, anybody wanted to be his disciple, they were going to have to disregard their own interest and be willing to take up their cross and follow him. So in that kind of context, I think it's, it really is something that we need to consider how are we going to define what a truly successful 2023 is? We need to think about it.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And I don't know, like to me, the word success means accomplishing an aim or like a purpose. And in the Bible, God makes it very clear that He has created every one of us for a purpose and that He has a plan for our lives. So true success means knowing and accomplishing His will for our lives this year.
0: Exactly. And, you know, that practically looks like acknowledging Him in all of our ways and then doing whatever He says. I mean, He is our Savior, but He's Lord. You know, in Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6 It says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, He's the one who will keep you on track. And then in Proverbs 16, 3, it says, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. So, you know, as we embark on a new year, this is the foundation that we want to build on. And our foundation is very important. We need a strong foundation, uh, one to build our faith on, our lives, our families, our futures. You know that is what First and Main is all about: foundational principles to build a meaningful, successful, fulfilling life. And that comes through faith in Jesus and personal relationship with Jesus. I mean, we can accomplish a lot of good things in life, but. Um, Are we accomplishing what matters most? Are we experiencing the fullness of what God has for us and wants for us? You know, I can't help but think of the story about the wise um, builders and the foolish builders. It's in a couple of the Gospels in Matthew. It's chapter 7 in uh, Matthew, in verses 21 through 27. um, He says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain came, the streams rose, the winds blew, and it beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Man. Sobering.
1: Yeah, it really is sobering. I mean, that is such a a great picture of what happens when we leave God out of the equation. Yeah. Um, Instead of trusting Him, I think we trust ourselves too much and our own ideas and our own plans. And Psalms 10.4 says... In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God.
0: You know, I think we need to ask ourselves, how do we approach each day? Do we approach it in humility, which is just dependence on God? Or are we approaching it in pride and we can have pride in our life. Pride just represents independence. And we have to remember, you know, those people in that passage, Jesus is saying, they're saying Lord, Lord, but they really don't know him. They're saying one thing, but their actions are communicating something very different. And so actions really speak louder than words. And the reality is none of us know what tomorrow is going to bring. We don't know what obstacles or storms we may face this year, or even what amazing new opportunities may be around the corner. We all remember what happened in 2020 when COVID hit. I mean, many of us probably started that year with, you know, goals and a vision for our year, and it changed a lot of our plans, right?
1: (laughs) It sure did.
0: Uh, Yeah. It did. So, you know, all I'm saying is, let's just make sure that we're starting with God, making room for Him, coming humbly before Him, committing our dreams and our goals, and even our thoughts to Him and listening. You know, we talk a lot, (laughs) yeah, but, you know, listening to Him and putting His words into practice. And then if we'll do that, no matter what comes, we can rest assured that our 2023 will be a true success in the eyes of the only one that really matters, Jesus.
1: Yes, you're so right. And I love that it's a new year with new possibilities. And it's a good thing to have a vision and to set goals for a year. Of course, that's great. Who doesn't love having like a bucket list and a checklist? I mean, they can be really inspiring and helpful. And you're right. We need to ask ourselves, am I acknowledging God in the process? Am I asking him to direct my steps? I think that we can have... All the goals, good intentions, calendars, and worksheets, and you know all the organization in the world. But if we don't do the things that God wants us to do, I mean, is that really success? I don't. I don't think so. And if we don't do the things that God wants us to do, then we're going to miss out on what God intends for us to have. So I host this um, eight-week group, and it's called beyond success. And it's a ministry-based course that helps you, you know, get on the path to living a life of significance. And each week we go over like a leadership topic. And on week 6, we spend a whole week talking about the importance of taking good intentions to good actions. Because if you if all that you ever do is have good intentions without the act of actually being intentional in those actions, then you're going to become more and more frustrated. And John Maxwell, who is the number one leadership guru globally, he even says that you'll be less fulfilled.
0: Yeah, he's right.
1: I mean, so being frustrated and unfulfilled, I mean, like none of us wants to feel like that, right?
0: No, we don't want that.
1: (laughs) No. So being intentional in our actions is extremely important. Like just just think about it. If we're working towards a hard goal, goal, that is not in God's will for our life, we are probably not going to get the results that we are hoping for. And I can almost guarantee that like, we'll feel like we're working and working and working, and it's just going to mm-hmm. lead us to feel frustrated and unfulfilled. Yep. But when we acknowledge God and do things His way and in His timing, things tend to work out so much better.
0: Yes, they do.
1: And and you know, that verse that you read in um, one translation, it says, he'll make your path smooth. And in another one, he says, he'll clear the path of obstacles.
0: Oh, don't, I mean, who doesn't want that, right?
1: I know. I would love a smooth (laughs) path every single (laughs) day. No obstacles. Come on.
0: (laughs) I mean, that, I mean, you know, this is why it's so crucial to be in prayer, to be in the word and to talk and listen to God. I mean, many of you that I know probably begin your year fasting Mm -hmm. and positioning yourselves to hear what he wants so that you can follow his lead, which is awesome. And, you know, I would just say if some of you are listening and you've never done that before, you've never like kicked off your year just fasting and praying and seeking God's um, direction for the year, I really want to encourage you, like, do it. You know, maybe start small. Um, Some people do, you know, 14-day fast, 21-day fast. I mean, maybe just do like a three-day fast. If you've got questions about how to do it, you know, what to fast and all of that, there are tons of resources online. You can look that stuff up. The point of it is that you kind of break your routine, and you abstain from things that kind of like are filling you up and taking your time so that you can just like focus on God and come before Him, submit yourself to Him, and just pray over he, you know, what He wants for you here. I, it's just, it's a, it's a great, great thing to do. And I know there's, that's something that a lot of people do. And I think a lot of people will, during that time, ask God for a word you know, for their year, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: maybe it's something that he wants to teach you or something he wants you to focus on or develop in, which is totally cool. You know, I was just um, talking to Becca, my daughter, in love, and she was saying, you know, she had a word for the year, and I was like, what is it? She says it's reverent, and I was just, I love that, thinking about, like, what we're talking about, which is, you know, just, It is coming before God and humbling ourselves. And it's something that I think a lot of people have lost, this reverence for God. So anyway, you know, God loves all of us so much. I mean, all he wants is to walk with us, to have an intimate relationship with us. And the reality, he's a gentleman. He's not going to push himself on us. Um, The Bible tells us that we need to draw near to God and when we draw near to him one of the ways is fasting the you know praying seeking him then he will draw near to us he wants to talk with us every day and he wants to protect us he wants to guide us he wants to redirect us when we're getting off course but in order for him to do that we have to be dialed in tuned in yeah. and you know if you're out there and you know, you've kicked off the year and you've set all these goals and you're excited and you're you know running full blaze, you know, and you haven't invited God into your year, or your goals, or your plans. Just, you know, don't let this moment pass. Take a minute and do it. You know, I, 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 w- I had to ask myself this question, and I, I wanna, I wanna ask all of you guys. I mean, can you remember? The last time that you got down on your knees, just you and God, and like physically bowed before him and just offered all that you are, all of your plans, everything you have and dream and lay it at his feet and tell him, Jesus, my life is yours. I acknowledge you in everything. And I'm asking you to please direct my steps. You know, if you haven't done it in a while, I want to say do it. Just find a quiet space and get. There's something about physically getting on your knees and bowing before God. Let me tell you, if you'll do it, I promise you, you're going to see his provision this year. You can be assured that no matter what the year brings, you have a loving and merciful God that promises to work all things together for your good. He does that for those who love him.
1: I love that you said that. That is, you're right. Like how often do we really do that? Get on the floor and kneel and bow before him. That is something like, as soon as we get done with this, I want to go in my bedroom and do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've been doing it a lot lately. And let me tell you, it makes a difference.
1: Yeah, I mean, because really more than our goals and more than our vision for the year and our checklists and our budgeting plan, our trust in God is essential and it's essential to having a great year and faith results in action. So if we really, truly trust God, we will seek his wisdom because we understand that without his wisdom, we will go in the wrong direction. And we understand that we need his help. We need his guidance. So we draw near to him and acknowledge that we need him and we need his help in making good choices. Then we heed his advice. This is how we discover like true success and true significance. And I mean, I know, I think this sounds probably really basic, right? But it is foundational to having a successful year, like every year, like we could do this every single year in each one of our years, be very successful if we do these things.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Um, it, it makes me think of the story in the Bible about David and um, as we were planning for all this, I just really couldn't help to think about this. And it's, it's the story when David became king. And it's in um, 2 Samuel chapter 7. And basically what it, the story says is that David is settling in his palace. And he's looking around. He's, he's king. And he's looking around his palace. And he realizes that there's not a temple built for God. So David tells his prophet Nathan that he notices that there isn't a temple. And Nathan responds and says, well, go ahead and do whatever you have in mind for the Lord is with you. But then later that night in the story, Nathan has a vision from God. And in this vision, God basically tells him that David is not going to build the temple. Instead, God gives David a promise in this vision that he will make his name famous and that he will give him rest from all his enemies and furthermore, give him a dynasty of kings. Like he's going to build him a house and give him a dynasty of kings and that when he dies, his offspring will build the temple. And I think that there is a takeaway here. And what I think it is, is that David saw a need and thought that he would take on this task of building a temple for God. But before he started, he spoke to the prophet about it, which is him basically acknowledging God and his plans. He's looking for like a confirmation, like a yay or a nay from the prophet. And the Lord spoke to his prophet and told David, no, 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 you're not going to do that. (laughs) So think about it. If David hadn't acknowledged God, he would have gone in the wrong direction. Mm, and, mm, and he would have, That's
0: good, Lauren. He would
1: have been spending a lot of time and a lot of energy on something that he was not purposed to do. And so wow. through Nathan, God told David, I am the Lord. This is what I say. I have been with you wherever you have gone and I've destroyed all your enemies. Like I've moved from place to place in a tent. So I don't need you to build me a temple right now. You know, thank you, but... F- You know, instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name famous and I'm going to give you rest from all your enemies. And I'm going to build you a house and bless you with a dynasty and make it strong. And I will raise up one of your offspring and he will build the temple. Okay, guys, David like wanted to build a temple, right? But even though David wanted to build it, it wasn't his right time and it wasn't his mission and it wasn't his purpose. Like, God told him no. And what I also think is really important about this is that that doesn't mean that God rejected David. I mean, in fact, he did the opposite. He heard his request and, like, said thank you, basically, and blessed him. And so at the end of the day, God may tell you no to something that you really are wanting or hoping But that doesn't mean he is rejecting you. And sometimes it's God's way of redirecting us for a greater purpose. I heard this, um, I heard once that accepting God's no means having a great faith to carry out his yes. And I just really love that. So like I say all this because I want you to think about this. Like, let me ask you these questions. What is your yes for this year? I really do think that that is a great question to think about.
0: Yeah, Lauren, I think this is really insightful. Um, I think people really need to just kind of like, stay la, pause (laughs) and think about it. Because, I mean, I know we all probably have some things in our heart for this year and they may be really, you know, good things in our, you know, in our heart. And we may have already set some goals to, you know, help us achieve what we want, but I think this is just such a great reminder that we need to consult God about the things that we want to do because I'm pretty sure none of us want to waste time on things that they're not God's will for our life and
1: yes, especially if it's going to make us feel frustrated and unfulfilled.
0: <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, you know, so if there is something you're planning or wanting, This year, and you hear God tell you no, it's just like Lauren said, that's not rejection. It just means that God has something bigger and better. So listen to Him and don't go out and just create your own stuff and plans because you're going to just end up feeling frustrated in the end. I mean, think about for just a minute how much time and energy and resources um, David could have, you know, wasted. Not listening to God. And let me tell you, I've personally been there and I can assure you it is not worth it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun, is it? <laughs>
0: no, it's not. And it's a hard lesson. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes time. A lot of times, you know, there's no ill intent in that. A lot of times we've got the best of intentions mm-hmm. and we just like, we, I mean, there's even times we think we get something from the Lord, and then it's like we feel like we get his yes, and then we don't talk to him after that. We just run on ahead, yeah. you know, and get ourselves in a mess. It really is learning this daily dependence on God for, yeah. I mean, that that scripture says all of our ways.
1: Yeah. It means all of all. them. <laughs> yeah. So guys, I think that what we're trying to say here is talk to God first, you know, not just let him, not just at the beginning of this year, but like you were just saying, Deb, in all of your ways, you know, acknowledge him and things will work out a lot better. His ways are not our ways. And we have to remember that they really are better. So this comes back to wise living, which I assume we want to live wisely, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I do. So, how do we, yeah, me too. So, how do we do that? Well, I think that we humble ourselves. We seek God and His wisdom, and then we do the things that God says, and we do it God's way. The book of Proverbs, I really feel like, is a great place to find wisdom. And as I was preparing for this new year, I read a verse in Proverbs, and it just really jumped out to me. And I think that. It's key to a successful year. And actually, it is the key to a successful life. And it's um, Proverbs 1, 7, and it says, The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Now, the message version reads, Start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools Thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, it's like you were saying earlier, Deb's like bowing down and coming before him. So, this verse is found in the first chapter of Proverbs, and the chapter is called The Purpose of Proverbs. And as you read it, it tells us that the purpose of Proverbs or the foundation is to teach people wisdom and discipline. Mm and to help them understand the insights of the wise to have successful lives. And I think that there's just so much in this one scripture that if we understood it, it really can direct each one of us towards a really successful
0: 2023. I think you're 100% right. Um, When you and I were chatting about what to talk about in this episode, and you shared that verse with me, I mean... I really felt like almost immediately the Holy Spirit just kind of leap inside of me and was like, yes, (laughs) (laughs) yes, it's key, the fear of the Lord. And I mean, I've studied this before. I just knew the Holy Spirit was on that. And I started reading again and studying again. And I just sat down and I was like, Lord, just take me back to that place. And I heard, um, look up John Bevere. And John Bevere, that's actually the fear of the Lord. He teaches on it a lot. It's actually a life message for him. He has great stuff on it. And, you know, as I've been studying and just meditating again on this, you know, for a few weeks, I've been repenting. I've needed to repent. And, um, Hey, repentance is a great thing. Yes. Um, it's what brings change it's, it's what brings change in our life and the Holy Spirit directs us and he guides us. and there's times that we're off track and he it's his love that leads us, you know, into repentance. And a couple of I, I found a whole bunch of verses, but one of the verses that just like jumped out to me as I was studying was um, Psalms 25. and David is writing um, this psalm and in that verse it says, Who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of us, I think, really don't understand what the fear of the Lord is. It is absolutely not being afraid of God. Um, You know, we're not supposed to be afraid of God. The fear of the Lord means to revere him. Um, But it's more than that, really. I mean, it's having a profound respect and adoration. It's like when you really are able to see the Lord for who he is, which is, I mean, God almighty, omnipotent, omniscient, all-knowing, all-wise, all-powerful. It's kind of like when Isaiah saw him, you know, uh, with his train and his train and in all of his glory you know, what did Isaiah do is like he bowed down and he like realized like who he was and he humbled himself, you know, before the Lord. And what happens when we have like a healthy fear of the Lord, like we'll adore him and we'll respect him. And when our attitude is right toward God, then what's going to happen is there's going to be this practical outworking of that attitude in our day-to-day lives. And John Bevere actually has a brand new book coming out, um, which I have his app, the Messenger app, which is just, that app is phenomenal. It's free. There's so many like amazing videos and teachings and stuff on that. I'd strongly recommend it, but I'd even recommend everybody get that book. Um, it's not out yet, but there's a preview for it, which I read the whole thing. It's like it was thirty something pages or whatever. Um, but in it, he you know, he goes into a good bit of detail defining what the fear of the Lord is. And he says, you know, rightly understood, the fear of the Lord has a drawing effect. It doesn't make you run from God, it makes you run to God. Um, because it puts you in awe of Him. You know. The fear of the Lord is to respect and honor God above everything and everyone. It's to love what he loves and to hate what he hates. When what's important to him becomes important to us, it's authentic humility before God and his creation. It's, it's when we give his word and his presence our full attention it results in serving, worshiping, obeying, and like falling madly in love with Him. And just like you started at the beginning of the verse, that's not the case with foolish people. Foolish people despise wisdom and discipline. I mean, they they think they know everything. They think they've got all of this world figured out and... Uh, it, you know, they're independent. And I'm not going to spend a bunch of time on that because I really do. I want to encourage all of you. You know, when we first started out, we laid a solid foundation for what we were doing with First in Maine. And we've got some episodes on wisdom. You know, First in Maine is actually built on Proverbs 8, which you can hear about in some of our episodes. Go back and listen to them. And we've even got an episode on discipline in episode 15. And we talk about, you know, that being one of the fundamental things to living well. And the thing about discipline is it's not always fun. The discipline of the Lord hurts, yes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it has a reward to it. There's a payoff.
1: I think that we really need both wisdom and discipline, which I just want to say, if God has called you to something I do believe that he's going to help you through it no matter the timetable. I mean he's, he's developing you. so we need to trust him. The Bible says that Abraham feared God and he is the father of our faith. You know He was 100 years old when he had Isaac and Sarah was 90. I mean, just think about God asking him to sacrifice Isaac and how he had to trust God. I mean, that's huge. His life it demonstrates is. how we benefit from honoring God. You know, study his life. There's a lot to learn from it. But I, I want to go back to the story about building the temple, because although we aren't building a temple right now, we are called to build our faith and called to accomplish God's plans for our lives. So there is more than we can learn from the story. Now we've already touched very lightly on the first part, which was the promise from God to David about his offspring will build the temple. So now let's talk about Solomon, which is David's son who actually builds the temple. I wanted to start off first by, you know, describing a little bit about Solomon. Now Solomon is like one of the wisest kings in the Bible. Um, Before David dies, he tells Solomon to keep God's decrees, commands, regulations, and laws, and to follow him in all his ways. That's 1 Kings 2, 3. Well, Solomon becomes king and basically does exactly what his dad tells him to do. And then one night in a dream, God asks Solomon what he wants. God tells him to ask, and it will be given to him. Okay, now this is the part that I think is amazing. Out of like all the things that King Solomon could have asked for, he asked for wisdom so that he can govern well and that he knows the difference between right and wrong. (laughs) Now, if um, someone asked me what I wanted, I probably wouldn't say wisdom. But, you know, <laughs> I think that's pretty amazing. So he this, like, really pleases God. And so God makes him the wisest king and gives him even more. He gives him, like, riches and fame and a long life. Now, King Solomon builds the temple. But what I want to point out is this. The wisest king, wiser than all the wise men of the East and Egypt, took seven years to build the temple. Seven The entire building was completed in every detail by mid-autumn in the month of Bull during the 11th year of his reign. That is King, that's 1 Kings 6.38. So it didn't happen in the first year, even though he intended to build it. He had to figure a lot of things out and he had to come up with a plan. He knew what he was called to do, but there were a lot of things that he had to do prior to building the temple.
0: I love that, Lauren. So, I mean, in reality, it was 11 years because he took four years, you know, preparing and then seven years building. And so I think the thing, you know, how does that apply to us? Well, I mean, maybe there's a project that you are working on that is going to take some time. Maybe you started on a God-given goal last year and you're nowhere near completing it. Um, Maybe you've become a little bit discouraged in that and you feel like you aren't sure if you need to let it go. I mean, I hope that as we talk about this, that you'll be encouraged.
1: Yes. And and what I'm hearing from the Lord is that if it's God's desire for you, if you have been called to it, He wants you to trust Him in His timing. You can know it will be accomplished. So I just want to encourage you to stay in a posture of faith and reverence fully, just fully trusting God. Yeah,
0: don't give up. If it's God's will, he's going to help you complete it. I mean, that goes back to this whole series we did on cultivate. You know, yeah. you sow, you reap, and it says, "Not to grow weary in well doing. Just hold on, don't give up because you will reap in due yeah. season."
1: Yes, I agree. And, and and there's just so much I think that we can learn from the story. And you can read about the whole process. It's in 1 Kings Um, chapter 5. And this whole chapter is called Preparations for Building the Temple. And um, in this chapter, it explains how Solomon had to work out a deal with King Haram. And he had to get cedar wood cut down. And then they had to figure out how to, like, get the logs um, to him. The the Mediterranean Sea was between Israel and Lebanon. So they had to figure out a way to cross the sea with all these logs. And, I mean, who was going to do that? And how... um, And how was King Hiram going to be compensated? Then once they got all these logs and they were there and ready, Solomon had to put together like a labor force and figure out schedules for all the men to work so that they wouldn't be away from their family for too long. They had to um, put together a group of supervisors. They had to um, go to a quarry and dig out stone and shape the stone for a really strong foundation. They had to prepare the temper. I mean, all these things had to happen first. Just think about like the patience and the persistence needed just to get ready to start.
0: I love that. Four years preparing.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Yes. Yeah um, Well, you know, I think a practical takeaway from this is to think about it. I mean, he sat down and came up with a plan. And part of the plan was, it was a preparation for what he wanted to do. And the question is, you know, have we prayed and asked God for wisdom and help developing our plan? Um, Have we thought about all the things that we might need to do the things that he's directing us to do? Have we considered some ways that we could get those things? Have we asked him to show us how to get those things? Remember, he said, you know, acknowledge him in all your ways. I think... You know, obviously plans are great, but I know sometimes even with my personality, I can get overwhelmed, you know, when I'd like to plan out too far ahead. And, you know, some of you may be like that. I mean, you kind of get like overwhelmed in like the big picture and the big plan. And what I would say to you is, you know, ask God for your first step. Take it step by step. You know, most of the time God has the big, big picture, And, you know, that's what it said. He'll order our steps. So ask him for your next step, your first step. Take it and then ask him for the next. As I was thinking about all of this too, I want to stress something about both David and Solomon. And it's this, they were known for their fear of the Lord. And that is what led to their success if I go back to Psalms twenty-five, when I, you know, was quoting about um, earlier, I mean, listen to listen to David's heart. I mean, listen to uh, his heart before the Lord. Here is a couple of the things that he said in that psalm. He said, "Unto you, O Lord, do I bring my life. Oh my God, I trust, I lean on, I rely on, and I am confident in you. Show me your ways." O Lord, teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and faithfulness and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you only and altogether do I wait expectantly all day long. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, will he instruct sinners in his way. He leads the humble in what is right and the humble he teaches his way. And then here in verse 12 through 15, this is so awesome. He says, who is the man who reverently fears and worships the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he should choose. He himself shall dwell at ease and his offspring shall inherit the land. The secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord have they who fear Revere and worship him, and he will show them his covenant and reveal to them its deep and inner meaning. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. I mean, when you sit and you just really take time to think about all that, you know, David is saying in these verses, he's saying the person who fears the Lord. Will receive guidance from God, prosperity from God, their future posterity. You know, um, will be blessed that that God will walk with them. You know, in, in such intimacy that He'll share His secrets with them, and that He'll give He'll give them a deeper knowledge and understanding of the covenant they have with God. I mean, if we really understood like the covenant that we have with God, um, it would change like our yes. lives. And then he he ends with like, and that's not it. I mean, deliverance from God. And when you look at David's life, he experienced every one of those things. I think Like this fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom, the fear of the Lord, like this is something that we really want to take some time with and, and make sure that we have it. And, you know, John Bevere, he says, you know, it really is the starting place for an intimate relationship with God. You know, we become his friends and he makes his secrets known to us. I mean, when we get this right, it is really the key. It's, it unlocks the door to wisdom and understanding and knowledge and direction. And it's the way that we mature in our salvation, it's how we're conformed into the image of Jesus. I mean, it will produce holiness in our life and it secures you know, an internal legacy. It it produces confidence and fearlessness and security. It gives us identity and I mean it'll make us productive. It'll empower us to multiply. I mean, it gives us access to angelic assistance and fulfilled desires and enduring success and longevity and productive days. I mean enjoyment in life and happiness and I mean so much more. I mean guys, wow. I mean, if we can just get a hold of it, you know, and, um, you know, that, that is David saying that, but listen to Solomon's last words. And I mean, if you're out there and you're listening and you know, the life of Solomon, he was the wisest king to ever um, live, but you know when he wrote Ecclesiastes, he went through some stuff. You know, he had amassed all of these things, and he kind of strayed there for a little bit and thought, "What's the point?" And there's all vanity, and you know, just all this stuff. But you in Ecclesiastes, and after he's tried to figure all of life out and its meaning and its purpose, and you know, studied and all of these things, he comes down, and and this is this is the sum of everything in Ecclesiastes 12, 13 through 14. And this is what he said. All has been heard. The end of the matter is fear God. Revere and worship him, knowing that he is and keep his commandments. For this is the whole of man and the whole duty of every man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it's good or evil. I mean, that's like a mic drop. (laughs) He is saying, guys, like, let me settle this once and for all for you. This is the key to success. Respect and honor God in all things and trust Him fully. And what you'll do is you'll fulfill your purpose You'll develop your character. You'll have a strong foundation for happiness. And in the event that, you know, the storms come, the winds blow, whatever, you'll be able to adjust every inharmonious circumstance and condition under the sun because you'll know God has it all. What a promise. What a promise.
1: Yes, I love that. That is... Such a good promise, for real. So what are the things that God has called you to do? New Year resolutions really are just so much more than just coming up with goals and striving for success. Because just like you were saying earlier, Debs, when you were describing Bill, success can mean many different things to people. But I I do agree with you that success begins with acknowledging God in all of our ways and allowing Him to direct our path. When God is our foundation, everything else just really falls into place. Well, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. We cannot wait to meet you here again at First in Main, your avenue to living well.